0: Go on a Sunday morning in Las Vegas. <laughs> it's just after eight o'clock, maybe a little bit after eight o'clock that I'm used to. It's almost eight <laughs> thirty.
1: What are you <laughs> talking about? It.
0: I'm Brian <laughs> Feldman and this is Out of Line. We are here live, same time every week on Fox Sports Radio, 98.9 FM, 1340 AM, flagship of the Vegas Golden Knights. The Wii includes co-host Caleb Herring, last UNLV quarterback to lead the Rebels to a bowl game. There we go. Give him his props and uh the Rebels didn't lose this week. We'll talk about that. Also here producing today's show is future star of the WWE, Damon Dino Cotton. He's shaking his head it's no. Dino Damon. Dino Damon. Yes. He, well, he said, he, you know why he's shaking his head no? Because he says and he's fat.
1: And we're not even going to say Cotton. We're going to say Evans. We're going to give him the full it stage is, name. It is. He's going all
0: the way. There well, we go. Well, well, you know, and he says he's fat.
1: No, he's not. I know. I, like, it, it, I'm not going to participate in his delusions about himself. No, it's, okay?
0: it's ridiculous. He looks phenomenal. He, he went from 4 to 4.24% body fat, it's and it threw ridiculous. everything out of whack.
1: He ate a cheeseburger. Everything. And now I, I'm
0: terrified of Thanksgiving. I don't want to be anywhere near the guy. He's Listen, got a new haircut, too. I like <laughs> it. He's changing it up. The, the week concludes with the guy responding to all social media questions and comments. Our intern and social media director, the week.
2: Beats the, duh, 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 beats the,
0: the only intern in the world. The welcome, theme music, and now. The Wiz has his own sports talk show on Friday nights, delivering sports over on KSHB 1400, 7 to 8 o'clock. Check him out every Friday night. Some good stuff, man. He really does bring it. Uh, We also are streaming live on the LV Sports Network, and you can watch the show on Facebook Live, and the page is called Out of Line. That's O-U-T-T-A-L-I-N-E. You can also follow the show on Instagram and Twitter, at Out of Line Fox LV. That's at Out of Line Fox LV. And since we are live, your calls and questions are welcome the Fox Sports Residential Bank Corp. studio line is 702-876-1340. Hi, this is Bubby, and it's time for What's on Tap. Yeah, What's on Tap is brought to you by title sponsor Residential Bank Corp. Whether purchasing a new home or refinancing the home you already own, Residential Bank Corp. is the company to turn to for all your home financing needs. Residential Bank Corp. funding America one neighborhood at a time. On tap, the Vegas Golden Knights giving out turkeys for Thanksgiving. UNLV did not lose yesterday, as I mentioned, but that's not necessarily a good thing. And UNLV basketball is supposed to start this week. A couple upsets in the top 25, the Raiders' Sunday night football at Allegiant Stadium against the revenge-seeking reigning Super Bowl champs. And time permitting, we'll break down Week 11 in the NFL and we'll give you our picks of the week. And if it wasn't for me, we would have been perfect last week. That's what's on tap if you are looking to buy a home or to refinance the home you already own. Choose a company you can trust, Residential Bank Corp. funding America one neighborhood at a time. Hockey players, as you know, are warriors. They don't give up. They come to play every game. It's time for Nightcap, a cup full of the Vegas Golden Knights. From highlights to interviews to special events, the puck starts here. Well, I won't say it starts here, but we definitely kick things off in the morning. It's funny. We call it nightcap, and it kicks off our show every week. But I will say this, that uh, when you hear silence on the, uh, when you're watching the video portion of the show on YouTube or on Facebook Live, what it is is we're working on it. Um, Fox Sports Radio eventually will have a USB port, and Spencer will be able to get you to hear our nightcap intro. fact, there's some pretty cool intros that they don't get to hear.
1: Yeah, it's funny because I, I feel like you know there's an episode of Family Guy where everybody's like being still, and they're like, wait, what are we doing? And it's a cutaway like that's what happens in real life when they go to a cutaway scene, and we're just sitting there, kind of looking off into space, and it's it's really something happening there. That's not there, just there us. Like, it,
0: if you hear, if you're listening on the radio as well, you will definitely know what's happening. But if you're watching on YouTube, Facebook, uh, you will see the rebroadcast. Spencer does post it again later on and does plug in the feature. So if you want to listen to the features uh, intros, they're actually pretty cool. Listen, uh, talking about Nightcap, uh, there's not much hockey news right now. We're still waiting for the announcement of the 2021 schedule Uh, they initially said it could happen as early as the beginning of january i'm really thinking we're looking at february or later now as we see covid 19 outbreaks everywhere in every sport continuing to happen Um, especially college football i think over 15 games have been either postponed or canceled due to COVID for now in the Mountain West, including this weekend. We'll talk about that in a little bit, but uh, this keeps going on. And um, the one thing I can say that happened in hockey, a couple things, definitely check out uh, Ben Gotts' article in the Las Vegas Review-Journal today talking about Cody Glass, who I still believe is going to be a star in the National Hockey League. He was the Golden Knights' first ever first-round draft choice a couple of years back. He rehabbed this offseason. He had a surgically his knee surgically repaired. Um, When you hear that, in the olden days, it used to cringe, especially with a young player just coming up, you would think, oh my God, this is really bad news. Nowadays, it's a laser, it's a scrape, and next thing you know, in some cases, you're faster than you were before, like the $6 million, they rebuild you better than you were before, and that's just modern medicine, so don't worry about Cody Glass's uh, surgically repaired knee. This kid is really good, he's really talented, he's disappointed himself, and he's looking to have a breakout season, if it ever begins this year, one last thing, this past Thursday, the Vegas Golden Knights announced uh, that select players and staff members will be distributing complete turkey meals, including a turkey and non-perishable food items, to more than 800 Las Vegas families, along with HELP, which is help of Las Vegas, uh, Southern Nevada, I should say, on Monday. It's going to be tomorrow, um, they're going to be doing this, and they will, of course, be following all COVID-19 health and safety precautions. The food distribution will take place outside the help of Southern Nevada Camp and that's at 1640 East Flamingo Road. Pretty cool that they're doing this. Uh, They haven't announced which players or which staff members, but they did this last year to a big response, and 800 families will have a Thanksgiving dinner thanks to Bill Foley and the Vegas Golden Knights, and that's pretty damn cool, man. So shout out to them for that. Uh, UNLV football, Caleb. Um, I noticed you didn't have to go to uh, Colorado State. You're wearing warm clothing today, but not because you went on a road trip.
1: Yeah, no, I wasn't disappointed about that fact. It was supposed to be 29 and snowing. Uh, this weekend or last weekend, rather, in Colorado Springs, so I, I wasn't I wasn't uh, disappointed about that. I did want to watch football. I did want to see the Rebels get better, or, or you know, see if they did get better. But, no, I was not...
0: <laughs> did you just bleep me out? Was that like... I, no, I did the chip. I, I gave you props again because you want to see the Rebels get better. You want to see them lose and keep your record. Nah, That's not, not... I know that you don't, but the yeah, truth yeah, yeah. is, this is why they, they, they're not playing and why Caleb is uh, not as tired as he was last week after returning late night from <laughs> San Jose State. Uh, UNLV released a statement Wednesday confirming the cancellation based on four positive COVID-19 test results in our football program. The resulting contact... Uh, uh, tracing and consulting with our medical and epidemiology. Epidemi- ep- I knew you ep- were going to do that. Epidemiology. I was looking at the word. I was looking at epidemiology. That's pretty good. Experts. UNLV will not travel this weekend for its scheduled game at Colorado State and has informed the Mountain West and Colorado State. This is That came from uh, UNLV Athletic Director Desiree Reed francois and again, she said that on Wednesday. It's the first cancellation for UNLV this season and the second for Colorado State. The Rams also had their season opener against New Mexico on October 24th canceled. This is a change. Uh, there, I should say there's a chance the game could be rescheduled But at this point, there are no open dates for either team. If it cannot be played, the Mountain West will declare it a no contest.
1: Yeah, so I think the only available weekend for both teams was the weekend of the Mountain West championship game, which neither one of these teams will be a part of. So they could, I think, put it at that date.
0: Um, what revenue?
1: You're not getting any revenue out of this at all, either way. I, don't, I spending mean, spending money traveling TV now. schedule, I mean, I don't think any TV would pick it up that weekend because that's going to be championship weekend for a lot of different conferences. So I don't know that the game will happen, but they're, they're, that is the only open weekend. Because of the tight, condensed schedule, there's no open weekend for, you know, the other teams like the SEC have bye weeks that, are, that were built in where they could fill it in with a, a makeup game, but... Mountain West doesn't have that luxury, so it might just be con- declared a no contest, which is non consequential to either one of these teams because it's not, there's no playoff implications, there's no conference title implications because of the records uh, of both of the teams. But there's a, there's been a lot of games canceled, and you mentioned Colorado State's been affected by it uh, before earlier this season. Utah State and Wyoming also over the weekend was canceled. So uh, the number, the, half of the Mountain West games this weekend were canceled. And I mean, we did get a good one out of San Diego State and Reno. Um, which was a, a really good game of two conference contenders, but we didn't get to see um, a lot of Mountain West football this weekend. And there was a lot of games across the country that got canceled. Clemson got canceled yeah, or, or postponed, at least. Again, uh, Trevor Lawrence was healthy, ready to go, but the game was not. There was Oklahoma State and Oklahoma was a game time decision. Like, I, I've never heard of a game. Being, being a game, game time, time decision. Is, it's is the game, the but, game
0: is injured. Is it going to play yeah, or not? Yeah. So know? I
1: mean, um, granted, there was some great football. Still played, even with all the cancellations in college football this weekend. There was still some. Oh, great you did. Football And we're
0: going to talk about that in a minute because there there was some great games. Big Ten had two huge showdowns yesterday. Both turned out to be uh, big games, and, and I'll say both to a degree turned out to be surprises. Maybe not the outcome of one of the two games, but both of them surprised me a little bit. And we'll talk about that. The Mountain West also announced Thursday's game between Utah. State in Wyoming, as you mentioned, was canceled. And that bring, again, the cancellation numbers to four uh, for the conference. And UNLV's next game is scheduled for 1 o'clock, November 27th, against Wyoming here at Allegiant Stadium. Um, Wyoming hasn't played a game, Caleb, since the beginning of the month. Uh, this is the second game Wyoming has canceled, first UNLV. I wanted to ask you, is this maybe a good thing for UNLV to get this week off to try to figure out what the hell's going on with this football team and to see if they can't figure out a way to put things together, especially, I, I won't even say especially on the defensive side of the ball. You will, you realize now with with uh, both Williams, you have some pretty good offensive weapons, you got Tyleek Collins. Uh, the quarterback situation is is probably the biggest up-in-the-air thing, but the defensive side of the ball is still a big concern. The secondary has holes in it. Uh, they're okay at linebacker and, again, not getting nearly enough pressure on the quarterback all year. Is a two-week little hiatus here. Use this to come back and try to put a competitive product on the field.
1: No, I, it be, and only because UNLV is the team that's impacted by it. So I'd, I'd imagine that there's some things like the facility being shut down, contact being limited, you don't have all your guys. Obviously, the four players that tested positive and then uh, the, uh, the the contact tracing that would put a lot of other guys in in bubbles for at least until they get negative results. But that's the reason that it doesn't benefit the Rebels much because they aren't going to be able to practice. It's not like it's a bye week for them or anything like that where they have the facility and the full squad at their disposal to practice with. They're, they're trying to figure out COVID and contact trace and do what they have to do. Um, as far as the conference mandates and, and what you have to do to isolate the situation and prevent it from spreading through the rest of the program, so and that for that reason, no, it doesn't really help. It helps the teams that get the game canceled, like for Colorado State, for instance. They don't have the, the issue; wasn't with their program. There was no COVID outbreak there, so they essentially get a bye week and get to prepare uh, two weeks for their next opponent. Right, um, Wyoming in the same situation. It wasn't them that was impacted. By COVID necessarily, it was Utah State. So Wyoming now has two weeks essentially to prepare for UNLV. Um, UNLV has maybe limited time because they're actually dealing with COVID protocol and trying to. to so there's a, there's a, there's two sides to the COVID issue. Like the, the team that isn't impacted but has to drop. Well, again Wyoming because of
0: though it. is also a team that's impacted.
1: So, well, they were early this year, they, they they had they had Wyoming had. So Utah State just, is the reason uh, that they're not playing. I, if I'm, if but I'm earlier not mistaken, the it was Utah State, Wyoming right. that had to cancel. Right. So if the I'm Colorado not mistaken, the State
0: Wyoming game got canceled.
1: Right. So if I'm not mistaken, this issue the no. issue with with this cancellation was because of Utah State has some issues okay. within their program. So Wyoming now is. They can still practice. There's, there's no. Well, Wyoming's had an them. entirely
0: off an off season to prepare for UNLV. Yeah, I would say that that's th- that advantage all of a sudden, Wyoming. If you ask is, me, and I would say it puts a little pressure on them. I don't know if it helps or not, Caleb. I I know that this UNLV team. Maybe I, it
1: helps to just catch your breath. I think there's th- some maybe th- that's what other nicks and knacks that that should come up that aren't COVID related, like twisted ankles, bruised thighs, and things like that to get a chance to heal up. Just not having what about, to travel. What about, for a, week. What about a bruised ego by the head coach? I don't to, think his ego's bruised. No. I don't think he has you, much of an ego. I think just a- do you think it, he expected to, lo- to be this bad this year? Maybe I, I mean he, the, the of the right, four I'm just, teams. I'm just wondering of man, the four of the four teams he's played so far. I mean,
0: put it this which, way: came which one is not a conference champion? Before contender. the season started, we sat here on ah, the show and we talked about how UNLV, the opening game against Reno, had a shot to beat the game and hang onto the cannon. And none of us thought that wasn't reasonable. Although you, Reno had played a tight, good first game, Reno is much better than we thought they would be. Reno's undefeated. Reno's correct, absolutely, yeah. and they just got done. Them- have, San they, have, they have
1: arguably, based on who's playing, the best wide receiver in college and,
0: football, and, a, and an experienced quarterback always helps yeah. too. But Mike, but but the point is, they are way better than we thought they would be. You're so saying UNLV State. is not worse than you thought it would be? No, I nah,
1: I, I think I think all things considered, no, I don't. Reno's a surprise. UNLV is Fresno who you thought State. They Fresno would State. Also, a, a bit of a surprise yeah. as far as how good they I are. I would say so. But UNLV, through three quarters of both of those ball games competed. San Jose State. They, they oh. went into the fourth quarter. They went into the fourth quarter of Fresno State tied. And Fresno State's one of the only undefeated teams. No, they have one loss. But they're in contingent for the top spot in the conference yeah. right now with Reno. They are. Right? So, Reno, also a game that was competitive I mean, through three the quarters. The Mountain I mean, West looks better he, this
0: year except for Absolutely. UNLV.
1: Everybody, every every team in the conference, at, well, Utah State, New Mexico, and Wyoming, all take steps back. So, let's let's be fair there. Everybody, There's teams that have also fallen off. Utah State fired their coach in a COVID season. I mean, that's, that's where Utah State is as a program. UNLV has been competitive. They've not won a game yet, obviously, but they have been, had. They have considering shown, that they've only had four weeks as a they, team to practice I'm not before the season started, they started, I don't shown, think it's worse than that. They I have thought shown
0: little flashes here and there of being okay. I'm going to say, cumulatively, based on the body of work I've seen to this point, I'm a little bit disappointed. Overly disappointed? No, I didn't expect a lot. I'm a little disappointed, I, especially when I see the other teams coming up. And the key is. I just don't see a true quarterback leader on this team to help this team win. There's, and I thought Marcus so Arroyo much. should find a way to find a quarterback to lead this team. There's so and, much nuance
1: to that. Okay. I mean, like, right. the, the, the fact that offensively, the two best wide receivers on your roster, Makai Stevens and R- Randall Grimes, aren't available to play this year. I understand the that. The fact that three players in your defense who figure to be starters – Right, aren't even haven't played a game yet w- with right. with Drew Techman, All Greg right. Francis, and 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 Pharrell Hester. Those are everybody, three big names on everybody defense. Everybody, is- no, 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 no. no. UNLV doesn't have the opportunity or the ability to absorb losses to their number ones into in the depth chart, like they don't have that luxury. Okay, so that the, the fact that two of the the the, the biggest recruits in UNOV history have not been able to play as freshmen, they're freshmen, they're waiting in the wings for their opportunity, right? The fact that they haven't played yet for whatever the reason is the the potential of growth there the the reasoning right, because right. they haven't had four, we, the I, four I weeks the four weeks of practice for freshman, is enough right everybody. there's there's so much nuance to why the rebels haven't had a win yet and but why you, it's but not you're telling as me everybody has been
0: impacted by no i'm by, not saying i every
1: situation is different i think UNLV is in uniquely positioned to not be able to absorb things okay. like this all right. so that that's just what you get and if you are disappointed by that if you're disappointed by the way the season's gone so far for the rebels that's fine you have that right to be disappointed i don't
0: think like you Start I'm saying not, I'm not shots here, to the eagle I'm of the coach. I'm not sitting here crying in my super it, it. sounds, like it, just, sounds like, no, like it sounds like you're bitter. Like it
1: sounds like it sounds like the beginning Caleb, of
0: somebody asking for
1: a head Caleb, coaching change it, is what it, what it sounds what like. What it
0: sounds like to me is K Sarah Sarah. Here we go again. It's the same thing over exactly. and over again. And, and that's and, what that's it, what you sound like. It, it, but it just feels like that.
1: It doesn't though. It's okay. First of all, 2020 is very different than any other situation I, we've I, ever been in. I am very different.
0: I said at the beginning of this year I'd want to write off the football season. I want because I just don't. I, I just—it doesn't feel right. Everything I'm watching doesn't. So feel in right. that, in the sense, now there's of, teams like Cincinnati. There's teams like Marshall that say, "What do you mean we want to write off this season? We're this good. is a great season." Yeah, yeah. I, I get that, but overall, I just don't think it's you don't. As you said, UNLV is impacted. Clemson's very impacted. I mean, no, Clemson's is Clemson, natural injury,
1: but Clemson, Clemson
0: knew they were playing a season
1: all along. So there's teams the UNLV and the Mountain West as a conference okay, didn't and, know that there was going to be a season till. October like so there, there was four weeks of practice literally that's all they had other
0: teams had spring ball but they're playing each other it's not like they're going outside the conference and playing teams that knew they were going to play all the teams in the Mountain West are facing the and, same situation and everybody wasn't and,
1: at the same and, starting block start. there's teams Reno for instance is returning a whole ro- like a whole roster of contributing players Fresno State same thing San Jose State okay. same coaching staff same team so no installation of a playbook UNLV installed the entire playbook offensively and defensively I, like, and four
0: Four weeks. Caleb, I'm giving. That's, that's, I'm not on. I'm not shouting to fire the coach or anything. I haven't liked the antics of not getting out and talking to the media. Has there been
1: any coach okay. in history that has not had the same approach to the media that didn't like the media? Has there been a coach in no, the history Caleb, of, of absolute, sports absolute. that liked media? It's
0: not. I'm sure there is coaches that like the media, but here's what oh, I will tell you: I, name them. I, I, come on, I don't know. I don't know, but, <laughs> but <laughs> there's none. Yeah, I, okay. But they all talk to the media. They all do their jobs and talk to the media. UNLV is not even a power conference team where you would think you'd want all the exposure you can possibly get. And yet you're hiding from exposure for what reason?
1: I don't. I don't see it as hiding. I, do, I think honestly there's just not a reason to go outside of the mandated just, press. just
0: talk to everyone say hey what's going on man I don't get it I just don't I, think I, it's I don't think it's that big of a deal and I think right now you have more time to do stuff like that than you've ever had i don't before. I don't I so, don't so I don't, why don't, not take advantage of I go that both now?
1: ways I go both ways with this because I understand what you're saying as far as building a relationship with the community the the fan base and things like that I understand what you're saying but in a time like this when so much else is going on I'm not gonna grade the media engagement based on this year. First of all, the media engagement that I've had seen from this coaching staff, if you follow any of them on Twitter, they've been very engaged on social media more have, than any coach that I've what, ever that's seen. That's
0: what I don't understand is just go out and talk. It no, I,
1: because I don't think – I think with when you engage with the media, it's a very different engagement, right? There's a narrative that the media is trying to create, and it, we all we go for it. It's, it's just the way things work, right? I think when you're a first-year head coach and under the circumstances – the narrative you want to build is the narrative you want to create. And the engagement you get, especially these days, you don't have to have traditional media sources to promote your program. UNLV's promotional uh, websites and, and social media are one of the top in the country as far as what when they put out like a uniform release. Or, I don't know how or, you can say that. I, top
0: I mean, in the country.
1: I'm, I'm just saying production quality,
2: uh, social be, media engagement,
1: they're ahead of the – In the leading, leading the curve when it comes to social media engagement on Twitter and and Instagram and things like that, where they blast out things like their uniform releases and stuff like that. Some of the coolest things that they have are are on social media. And so they don't need you and me necessarily to promote their recruiting trail or what they're doing as a program. They have... They can post a picture of the Fertitta football complex and blast it over social media and reach a, just the biggest audience, if not a bigger audience, than we do on Sunday mornings or any other local media for that matter. I, if Marcus Arroyo was dodging, dodging press conferences or his weekly he presser can, he can't, or things he can't like that, do that, then I would say
0: he, does it, he doesn't no, do that. I understand that, but you're doing the minimum obligations required. And like I said, it's fine. It's the minimum obligations required. I just look at it as something different. I think it's an opportunity to get out in your community. He is brand new. It's his first year. He And I think it's a time you go out and talk. There's nothing to be ashamed of. Like I said, I am not thrilled or happy with the product but I'm not disappointed I don't think the guy should get fired or anything he's he's got plenty of time to build and and, and do this program I thought we would see a little bit more product to productivity out of the quarterback position because that's his specialty and I don't care how much time you have when you come in as known as a quarterback guru you don't expect your quarterbacks all three of them to be flat
1: have you have you ever tried to like make a dinner without like the salt that you need like have you ever like been like oh I need salt for this and I, it didn't I know. Where you're
0: going with it, I'm I'm not going. I'm not, you
1: cannot. It's not fair. I'm not gonna see, and this is this is, I don't want to be disrespectful to any of the people on the roster, right? Because there's potential and you have to maximize potential. But if you have a vision for what you want your quarterback to be and it's not there yet, whether it's because the roster didn't have it or because the guys on the roster haven't developed into it yet. I don't think you can fully say that that's on the coaching staff. I think there's some responsibility on the I'm players not, as well to again, perform, to it's actually not, it's play not well.
0: Fully on the coaching staff. I'm just saying this I, is just a this is just a mulligan. Yes. I think this year okay. 2020 is a mulligan. And, and I'll, I'll give you the mulligan. I like I said to me personally, and I have that right as you said. I'm a little bit disappointed. Am I disgusted? No, not whatsoever, man. I'm a little. Disappointed. The rebels win
1: the last three games of the season. What will you say?
0: I will be shocked if the rebels win the last. Two. Literally shocked. So, and I will Wyoming,
1: say, two or three? What about two or three?
0: There's a three games left. Yeah, Wyoming, Boise State, and Hawaii. Two out of three. What do you? If they win two out of three games left, if they win two out of three, I'll still be shocked. I'll be shocked. Because I think Wyoming and Hawaii are both winnable games. I don't think they win in Boise. I think Colorado I State think, was winnable, too. I if, think I think the win. Colorado State was potentially winnable. But they're all losable games. They could lose every yeah, game. They could, they could. And if they lose every game this season, you get a mulligan. You gave them one already. And and, all, and we don't say anything while well, that was expected. I'm saying I will be shocked if they win two out of three games. I, I won't be shocked I, if I'm they gonna, don't win I'm another that game.
1: I would not say it was expected to lose every game. I will say what was unexpected was the first four opponents of the season to be all-conference contenders. That was unexpected. Totally. San Jose State, Fresno State, and I like seeing the conference. I like
0: seeing the conference get elevated. (laughs) Exactly. I just like to see UNLV UNLV come up. Of course. Yeah, yeah. Is there anything wrong with that? No, absolutely not. I just don't think this year's a good measure. We got to take a break. We'll try to get in a little bit later on. I did want to talk about uh, some more college football, um, as it is very interesting uh, what went on yesterday. Uh, Like I said, a couple of Big Ten showdowns. Indiana, who hasn't beat Ohio State since 1988, still hasn't beaten them, but they really put on a good performance. And Indiana. I definitely think showed. They are one of the better teams in the country this year. They won't play for a national championship. That loss will take them out of it, especially with the Big Ten play playing a very abbreviated season, but it was a really good game, and I think one of the biggest surprises of the day, besides North, nor, besides I should say Liberty losing to NC State, which to me wasn't that big of a shock, although it was to some people out there, was probably the way Northwestern manhandled Wisconsin. That might have been the biggest surprise of the day, and Northwestern, about a 33-to- a 35% chance of making it to the college playoffs, which will be really interesting and, again, something nobody saw this year. We are going to take a break. We've got Fact This on the other side. We'll talk a little bit about the NBA draft and, of course, the Raiders playing the Kansas City Chiefs Sunday night football. The Chiefs uh, got handed their only loss by the Raiders uh, in Kansas City about a month ago or so, and this should be a hell of a game tonight. We'll be right back. Fact this. this. If you don't like the facts, take your ass back to bed. Fact this. Fact. By the time the 2020 NBA draft was over, the Detroit Pistons ended up with three first round picks and basically a completely new roster. This, in many's opinion, was arguably one of the worst draft classes, talent wise, in this century. So my question is what the hell were the Pistons' brass? Thinking. I want to start with Caleb, who doesn't have much to say on the subject because he could care less about the Detroit Pistons. But I also want to hear from the Wiz, who did a feature on this subject on his show on Friday. Caleb, I mean, I don't know if you followed it a little bit, but when it was all said and done, three first-round picks in what most draft experts say the thinnest draft in since before the turn of the century. Why? Um, I
1: think the brass looked around and said, you know, where do we live? That's right, Detroit.
0: What does Detroit (laughs) do?
1: Detroit stinks at a lot of things. Sports in particular. We need to continue the tradition of stinking. How long can we get away with that? Let's see. Three first-round draft picks in, probably the worst draft in the last 10 years outside of the Anthony Bennett draft. I'd say they succeeded, and now they're going to – go on a series of five seasons where they tank until there's somebody worth tanking for that comes up. The next Zion Williamson. The Pistons use this draft to position themselves for the next Zion Williamson is what I think. Oh, my God. They This is them saying, we're going to get a head start on this tanking business. It's not. It's We're not going to have to bench anybody. We're going to play our best players, and it's not going to be worth it. We're going to play all of our first-round draft picks, and we're going to be the worst team in the NBA. Thank you. And 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 you're welcome. Michael Jordan is saying you're welcome for not making me the worst manager. I mean,
0: I just don't get it. Troy Weaver Jr. He's a new GM. I knew he's trying to make a name for himself there. I don't know if Dwayne Casey was part of this or he is just the Pistons head coach was part of this or he's just accepting what's being done. But they draft with the seventh pick Killian Hayes, 6'5 point guard. He'll replace Reggie Jackson. He's a big left-handed guard. He, I, I mean, I like the kid. I, I think he's a, a starter in the NBA, but... I don't know Isaiah Stewart, six foot nine guy. a burly center out of Washington. They acquired him in a trade from Houston. Limited shooting range, about seventy seven percent from the free throw line. That's decent. Again, I'm scratching my head. And the one guy I do like and I agree with you is, and we'll talk about this, Sadiq Bay. I think probably the best of those three picks in my opinion with NBA potential. Six eight uh, forward out of Villanova. Um, you know. Weaver was able to go from one first round pick to three, plus a second round pick, and thus completely retooling the piston's roster. Now the longest tenured piston is Blake Griffin, who's only been on the team since 2018. Uh, Spence, we talked a little bit about it on your show on Friday, but but I got to tell you, man, I, I am, as a piston fan, I'm scratching my head and, and beating it against the wall.
2: Yeah, I, I think this is a case of they were trying to fix the entire team or the past decade in one off season. I think it's fine if you go for Isaiah Stewart. He was not on my radar to be in the top 20 picks for my scouting. But that's fine if they really do. They, if they did more scouting and if they think that's the guy, I don't mind taking him early. The same thing the Raiders did with Clueling Farrell, although it didn't work out. But still, you can respect them from doing that. What I don't understand is when you go ahead and sign guys like Mason Plumley, who are going to replace <laughs> those minutes for Isaiah Stewart, basically eliminating. You're laughing what you just at did us. Did, I, I, <laughs> it's hilarious. How how much did they pay Mason Plumley? Uh, it was 25 million for 20. You know,
0: they gave him a million for each inch of his foot. He's got a 25 <laughs> size, like 25 so, inch feet. So Mason, and that's, that's Mason the best Plumlee thing about the guy. I mean, really,
1: in reserve minutes versus. I mean, like
2: he's okay,
0: but and, and, and you he, don't sign. You do You don't. Yeah, draft.
1: you don't sign him to that much. I don't. I don't know. It's and, just the Pistons. And the no, next, you know.
0: And, and the wild thing is, there's more moves in free agency, which is right around the corner. Detroit has plenty of cap space and many one-year expiring contracts, which means they have a lot of flexibility in free agency, and not only this season but in the future as well to cut multi-year deals. I just don't get it, and they, they they act like they didn't have money when they didn't want to pay Christian Wood. He goes to Houston. I just, man, I'm just blown away by this. There's still money under the cap space, and and, and, and and there's more moves to be made, and I don't know what more they're going to do with this team. It's, it's, it's disgusting to me.
2: Well, they're also banking on Grant being this first option when I just don't think he is. I like Grant. I like his game. But I think they overpaid him. You know, they initially matched the offer, uh, Denver did, before letting him go, and then they end up signing Jermichael Green. The Pistons shouldn't be this close to the cap space with the roster they have, I think, is the biggest problem. They aren't. It, it is getting tight now, especially up that well,
1: yeah, I think a lot of players grade, made yeah. a lot of money in the playoffs. And I think Grant's one of those players. The way he played for the Nuggets in the playoffs, I that's think, true. earned him more money than he's worth. No question about and that's, it. That's, I think Marky Morris also with the Clippers is, is one of those. Marcus. T- Marcus, I'm sorry. They're twins. Who cares? But the, <laughs> yeah. the, the, the Morris, he got overpaid by the Clippers, which is ridiculous. I don't understand how he got paid so much. But the playoffs did that for him, I, I think. And Grant is, unfortunately for the Pistons, he's not you're going to get him and i think the thunder realized this and the nuggets even knew it he's not that guy i mean he's valuable if he's in the right setting with he's a with role a player. with a great point guard in jamal murray to make him look better yeah. than he is to absolutely be the the force of gravity on that nuggets team and then grant just kind of benefits from wide open threes he fit in perfectly yeah, absolutely. on a
0: team with two superstars yeah, so is two, what happened
1: two two players that are willing to assist like with jamal murray and of course you know the big guy in the middle of the joker um, so he's a beneficiary. He's not going to be the beneficiary of anything. Like, Blake Griffin is not a creator of, of offense for anybody, so I, I don't know what they're going to – I mean, poor I, he got paid, so good for him. It's not like he was hurting for money, but, I mean, he got paid, so, I mean, the Pistons, like I said, are just going to be in position next year or in the coming seasons for that big guy, whether it's, you know, some for some reason some megastar enters free agency and says, yeah, I'm going to go rebuild the Pistons. I don't I don't see that happening. It's not a destination like that. It's not Miami or or LA. It's well for
0: the next couple of years, what the Pistons are. Nobody in free agency,
1: when people are making decisions on where to go, nobody's ever said like the Pistons. Maybe the Pistons. Nobody has mentioned the Superstar. No one has mentioned the superstar acquisition. Um, a guy only 25 years old, you know, was a top three draft pick in his class a couple years ago, Jaleel Okafor. And I think he's really gonna turn
0: it around in Detroit. They're cornering the market on backup centers. <laughs> I, I mean th- th- thank you. Yeah, he's gonna turn it around in Detroit. He sure is. No. He'll make he'll make the Detroit River flow in an opposite direction. Yeah, I, I think, mean I, think I draft, mean in all seriousness, it's a good point out with Olkafor too. It really is it, I think the draft sucks. Let's be honest. The draft was not The, draft sucked, the first, I watched the, the first 3 picks to see where they went and I The Pistons making stop. sure that I probably won't watch a Detroit Pistons game next season. But That's I tell what you they what, succeeded in doing. Free
1: it. agency this year has been fun to watch so far. I mean like the, the yeah, pieces that Pistons are moving fan, across the board that the trade requests I, 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 the, I and things that. like that. I think I think the Lakers I'm gonna start there. I think the uh, Lakers have made improvements to a championship roster. Uh, I think they'll be better this year with with the additions of Schroeder. Even though they lost Avery Bradley and Rondo, which would hurt, but adding Schroeder, he didn't have
0: Bradley Brad, Bradley in the run last year. And and did didn't. it without him?
1: Yeah, well, he played. Four, he started 44 games during the season. No, but, but during I'm the in the regular season, the, in in well, the, yeah, in the bubble and stuff. In like, yeah. the bubble, he when wasn't there. When it mattered, there. he wasn't there, and it, it was. not we matter. Play. They right. played. They played without. So I think him. I think Montrezl Harrell and and um, Dennis Schroeder also trying to make a play for Marcus Gasol. I think, but I think he's gonna end up signing resigning with the Raptors, but um, I think the Lakers got better. I think the Sixers got better. I think the process shifted gears. I think they still have a dilemma in how they're going to play with Ben Simmons and Embiid. I think both get in the way of each other. I think they're they're they limiting mean, they their own potential. They love to play potential. with the two
0: of them, but they could both stay healthy in the same no, season. No, I, I don't. I they think they. I st- think
1: their styles don't match. I think. I think Joel Embiid needs to post up more and dominate in the paint. I think Ben Simmons needs to run in transition. I think the Sixers were their best. La- the the year they went to the finals, the Eastern Conference Finals, they were their best when, uh, when they were in the open floor, running in transition, and spreading the floor with JJ Redick and uh, some of the other shooters that they had. That they absolutely blew the house up and got rid of all of them. Covington
0: also, the guys that ran well, the court I and played whatever. So, big, and that was big, that's Ben was, Simmons' style a, a of play. A big issue with them, Caleb, was, was without question their number one pick when they really they banked on Markel Foles, and he just didn't materialize with the Sixers. And and that was a real disappointment to them. And I then, still of think course, with, what they had, with Simmons getting bad. hurt and Embiid getting yeah. hurt, those things just killed the Sixers because yeah. it really looked like when they drafted, when they drafted Foles, I thought, wow, these three players, man, they kind of got the big three. I just, and I just, just, don't, never, think, I just don't think, I just don't think the
1: skill sets of the two best players really mesh as great as you would want it to with Ben Simmons and Embiid. Now they've added Seth Curry and they've added Danny Green, who's not the shooter he used to be, but, but they, he can they're still trying play. to get yeah. back the spread in the floor out for Embiid. You no, know, I'm going to tell you right
0: now, I think Philadelphia will be a fun team to watch this season.
1: You, will the Hornets be a fun team to watch? Yeah, the Hornets will be a real fun I think they'll be a watch. fun reality show to yeah, watch. I, I want to see I, I think, LeVar Ball and I think Michael Jordan one on one. That'll going sell to more be, tickets than any Hornets. The, I game. think
0: it is going to be a very interesting, fun team to watch this year. Will they win a lot of games? <laughs> Who knows? But they're going to be a fun, interesting bunch to watch. Definitely some personalities and characters on that team. Listen, real quick, guys, before we go to the last break, we don't need to take a break? Oh, Devon said we don't need to take another break. Before we talk about the NFL then, suits, so we're a little bit short on time, uh, we talked a little bit earlier about NCAA football, mentioned a few of the games. Big Ten yesterday, two big games in the Big Ten, Indiana and Ohio State. And, uh, you know, you guys talked a bit about, during, about Justin Fields, and we were talking about him during the break that, uh, you know, Know, really, um, you know, wasn't the player or, or did yesterday's game hurt him throwing interceptions for the first time this year. He threw three of them in the game. Didn't look at his best, but you know what? I disagree with Spencer Said th- during the break that it, it hurt his stock. We definitely saw his vulnerability in areas, but every player has vulnerability and no one's going to be on point every single game. I think Justin Fields has a tremendous upside. I think he's a very coachable player and he plays with a lot of energy and excitement and he can throw the ball accurately. Although yesterday, you would scratch your head a little bit about that. But did it hurt his draft stock? I don't think a great deal, Spencer. I still think you don't have a lot of quarterbacks coming out this year that will be great. Um, A guy that keeps improving his draft stock, Draft position, which makes me laugh, is uh, Ian Book of Notre Dame, which I think is showing a heart of an NFL player. And for a smaller guy, he may make it, but I, I, I just don't, I, I, don't see what you're seeing. Uh, that one game is going to destroy a guy who's making a run for the Heisman Trophy's career.
2: Not, not destroy. I, mm-hmm. I, I don't think that's the problem. I'm talking about like there are talk, we were talk, there were talks about you know trading up to get a guy like Justin Fields. I think that conversation's done. I think if he falls, you, you take him. I've never seen the second best quarterback in a draft have such a bad game and it's not like the interceptions were accidents like tip balls you know like oh he had three interceptions one of them was two of them I would say and he got lucky one of one of the interceptions got fumbled and they got the ball back so he really should have had four interceptions in that game no there was and three
1: there was three interceptions the fumble it counts as interception oh, I even like I, fumble. I mean That's so that that, that one a, that, that a really one, one that was the a really poor decision just trying to do something you shouldn't have tried to do which is like I said it's kind of a mulligan the one the first one was Probably the most egregious and blamable on a quarterback where you throw that late over the seam and the, and the safety falls back in on it. Just, I think, just you, you could see what happened, what he did wrong. He, he saw the safety, he just didn't think that the safety came back in the picture. The other one was a tip. The receiver tipped it up, it got batted around, and, and somehow a defensive end came back in and you're made not the interception. So he had a no, bad game. He had a bad game. And, I, and that happens. And, and if your bad game against the number nine team in the, con- in the country, if your bad game against them, is 18 for 30 for 300 yards and two TDs and three interceptions. If that's Next your to version of bad,
0: Indiana the biggest surprise in the yeah, country this if year. That's, if, that's bad, if that's
1: a bad game. 300 yards, two touchdowns, yes, three interceptions. Granted, I'm not going to make excuses because that's one of my biggest pet pieces quarterbacks a bad game,
0: Caleb. But the, the three interceptions makes it a bad game. I, this is the thing. You won the game. I
1: agree. Everybody if your bad game is 300 well, yards passing, two touchdowns, and then also the uh, ability to affect the game on the ground. If you're that's the ver- the version of bad, and your team wins. By the way, yeah. you do enough to win the game. They if do. that's a bad game, I don't think your draft stock falls for that being the worst that we've seen from you ever. Uh, like I- that's to me, that's I. I'm not. First of all, if you're cashing all your chips on. On uh, one game, as as far as draft evaluation, your franchise is already well, doomed. Like like you've you've probably drafted some pretty terrible players no, based off of well, one single performance. know it's one. But I think I think Justin Fields draft stock is what it was. He's the second best quarterback available in the in,
0: I'm not, in this and year's I don't draft. Th- I and you. I don't, that's that's, I don't think that's I don't think that's if you're in need
1: of a quarterback, he's going to be your second choice. One thing.
0: Obviously. I, 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 one thing before we move on from this, I just wanted to say Ryan Day's decision on that fourth down was very, very shocking. It is amazing Take when you are one score. My God in heaven, with four minutes to go in a game. How and especially a team like Indiana that has an explosive offense. They They've got for a wide receiver. Yards on you. Seriously, they got a wide receiver who arguably is is, is in the running for the Bolitnikov Award. Their quarterback, I mean, he's not gonna be talked about. He's not gonna win a Heisman trophy, but I'll tell you what as far as a college football player goes, Penix Jr. is as good as I've seen out 491
1: there. Four hundred and ninety-one
0: yards, amazing. five touchdowns amazing. against number three
1: Ohio State. Yeah, amazing. That's, I mean, he's on the map now. I, I mean, he's going to make an NFL roster off that alone. No uh, question about Talk about, about drafts it. Like, he, like maybe not you know number one draft pick or first round draft pick, but he's going to be on a roster at least have a story to tell about going to Ohio
0: State. And this year, and throwing for four hundred and ninety-one yards—that's ridiculous. No, it is. And 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 the the other Big Ten game that we talked about, and we don't really have time to go on it much, was Northwestern number ten or number nineteen against uh, number ten Wisconsin. Wisconsin has been bitten by the COVID bug a bit, but the bottom line is, is Northwestern. The question was, we would find out this weekend if they were legit or not. This is not a house of cards. This is a team that can play. I think they will get destroyed by Ohio State in the Big Ten championship game. But it is nice to see Northwestern putting it together, and it was also it was also fun to hear them making the Reese Davis comments. You heard yeah, about that the, was great. You yeah, heard about was, Joey Galloway. Yeah. Then Joey Galloway came back and basically said what I would have said. Hey, thanks for watching the show, Coach. So, <laughs> no, you know. You,
1: know, you know, I thought you were going to go with Michigan, Rutgers, because although oh, it's the Battle of One of Threes, and although nobody cares about Michigan, I'm sick of it. Michigan but has it a quarterback. It was a great th- football game,
0: and Michigan, I think, found a quarterback. We got to see him play against somebody besides Rutgers, but this freshman. It look like he can play the position. Maybe a life raft for Jim Harbaugh, but in the same respect... He's fired. Yeah, He's fired. Jim, Jim Harbaugh I mean, got fired in the first quarter last week. Unless this kid somehow finds a way to beat Ohio State at the end of the season, and I've talked to Michigan fans and alumni, I know you say no, they say if Michigan wins out and beats Ohio State, Jim Harbaugh will keep his job. I would agree with that. Nope. They paid him so much money invested so much in this guy, I think if they beat Ohio State, they run the table and beat Ohio State, and this, this kid turns out... Out to be a quarterback. What are for the, the odds of that?
1: Like Vegas.
0: how much would you win l- if you let, bet that? Let in, me, let me in, put it this way right if now. ifs and buts were candy and nuts every day would be Christmas, right? So I'm not <laughs> I'm, aggr- like, I'm not ridiculous. disagreeing with you there. I'm just gonna say that that it's on their schedule. We'll have to look I, I do not want to waste my time with <laughs> it. Let, let's move on let's move on because what, what I really did want to talk about S and B with C, which is the silver and black with Caleb Herring and uh uh the Raiders um you know what, Caleb, I'll give you props, man. The beginning of the season, you liked this team. You saw a team that could go 10-6. and six. I I, and, of course, uh, the guy sitting to the left on your radio dial, the Wiz, both disagreed with that pretty emphatically. I'm going to say now that they have surprised me. Obviously, the win in Kansas City was monumental. Um, you even said you're going to probably go with the Chiefs today. We'll talk about that in a minute. But the bottom line is this Raiders team has been a very Pleasant surprise. I thought the only present surprise we we're going to see with the Raiders this year was Javon White making the team off of UNLV's you, roster. You all were clamoring for Marcus Mariota to be this time. I'm not going to deny that. And, and I'll tell you right now they've looked good, but this is a task. And if they can climb this hill tonight, this is a legitimate contender in the NFL this year. I don't think it's going to happen, but I am pleasantly surprised. What do you think, and what do you think is going to happen tonight?
1: Well, I think this game is going to – I think a lot of people are anticipating that the Chiefs come in and run the table, and I don't – I think the Raiders are legitimately on the same level of competition right now as the Chiefs, right now. I'm not saying overall or that they're as good as – but I'm saying right now the way that the Raiders are playing, offensively particularly, I think the Raiders have found their running game, which was non-existent early in the season. Josh Jacobs had a rough start to the season. I think the Raiders have finally started to put together a running game, which helps Derek Carr. It helps their clock management. It helps them in playing this methodic style of offense that's kind of a throwback that uh, people are are, are not so used to. I think they're healthy uh, on the offensive side more than they've been, more so than they've been. And I think going into the Chiefs game last week, there was a lot of questions about the offensive line and, and things like that. I think, offensively speaking, a little bit more. I guess comfortable with a game plan going again against the chiefs. Uh, a lot of that has to do with finding your run game and the way they had to play because of the weather conditions a couple weeks ago in Cleveland that helped them find the running game. So i like that aspect of things, obviously defensively had a good game game plan, maybe whatever, maybe it's a combination of the chiefs having an off day and the Raiders defense being on fire the first time around, but the Raiders played well enough on defense to get the job done in critical situations. I think they have a chance to do that as the defense has grown, Eight guys who were uh, on the COVID contact tracing list are now back. They're available. So whatever that means, that they've had a couple days. I think that was on Friday. They had a couple days to practice and get ready. But I don't think that's going to be consequential. I think the Chiefs are going to do what they want to do on offense this, this week. Um, and I just think it's going to be a game of keep so I think it's going to be more competitive than people think. But I just don't think the Raiders get that I think this season has been a surprise to a lot of people, but not me. Looking at the team and what they had, I think the pieces were there. And I said, this is Derek Carr's last opportunity for me to give him a pass. And he has to perform well this year with the weapons they gave him. He has. He's been one of the top ten, quarter, top five, I would say, quarterbacks all season as far as the way he's been able to lead the team and produce on a consistent basis. Derek, Derek Carr's top five quarterbacks this season. So, and i that, you can debate me all you want about that, but it, just looking at the eyeball test, Quietly's kept their cars had one of the best seasons uh, of any quarterback this year, and that's that's just how I feel about it. So I think the Raiders are in position to make a playoff push. I think the Chiefs still run away with the division at the end of the day, but I think the Raiders will be right there as far as the number two spot in this division. So, I, I mean, it, it's no surprise to me, but a lot of people were – or, you know, on the Raiders' hateration wagon or whatever it is, maybe just critical fans like the Wiz.
0: <laughs> well, a good assessment of the team this year. I, I I believe today really the secondary the Raiders we've seen has shown, uh, shown vulnerability throughout this year. They're definitely going to have to play well today uh, to re-kill the most, the most, to me, the most dynamic player in the NFL. When he gets in the open field, he reminds me of a, a, a poor man's Barry Sanders. I mean, he is electrifying and exciting. And, of course, uh, arguably the best tight end in the game with Travis Kelsey. We already know that. We can talk all about him. Alaire has been incredible running the football. And they haven't even gotten to Le'Veon Bell, who's sitting there waiting in the wings I said, too, that,
1: that Edwards Alaire was the best draft pick in the first round. Just a fit with the team, he was the best draft he pick He is a lot of, of, of fun to
0: watch and low to the ground and a hard guy to tackle. And yeah. I really like watching him the run the The way he ball fits with the offense is, 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 is perfect. perfect. It is. It is perfect. And it's going to be interesting today. Like I said, it's really going to come down to me, to the defense of the Raiders, getting pressure on Patrick Mahomes and containing the running game. And that's a lot to ask when you're talking about the most dynamic offense in the NFL right now. And on the other side of the ball, the Chiefs defense steadily improving as each game goes on and they could give the Raiders fits. Uh, You know, but I still think there is some vulnerability in the Chiefs secondary. And if it can be exploited, Derek Carr, when he is accurate with the the passing game, which he has been on a lot this year... uh, could give this Chiefs some fits. I just can't see him staying in this game at all. I think they'll get blown out. I saw Chris Wynn making a comment on our side so say the same type of thing. I, I agree with you, Chris. And by the way, speaking to Chris out there, I just wanted to let you know, uh, tell a good friend of ours that you work with uh, uh jointly, Brian, that uh we all of our thoughts and prayers are with him. I know he's recovering from COVID nineteen and double pneumonia and uh you know and want to let him know that uh, thoughts and prayers are with him here with us, man. Um and uh Brian hope you get well. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing you back out there uh, Working the games and doing stuff in the near future. Um, listen, real quickly, uh, you know, going going with the Raiders and and just our thought, our final thoughts on today's game. Um, I think we're all pretty much in unison in studio here and outside of studio, the Raiders are going to have trouble winning this football game today. I don't see them winning. Demond, you see them winning? You're shaking your head over there. You see the Raiders coming through today and winning back to back games against the Chiefs in one season? You bet I do. I, I think Raider that, Nation, baby. I, I think you know it's always good to have a homer in studio. And uh, and Demond knows his sports and also knows how to kick some ass, but I think today there's a little bit of Homer in his pick. I could see it in his voice. We're in their heads, man. They've been talking about a bust. They've been talking about a victory lap all week. They can't get it out of their head. Well, the scary part is the only reason I wouldn't want to see him win today is you're never going to beat him three times. Season. If they beat him twice, they got to play him in the playoffs <laughs> the yeah. third time. That will be Travis their demise. Travis Kelsey said,
1: that was our Super Bowl. So well, we're in the Super Bowl twice in one season. I think, <laughs> I, think I think, I think Lamarcus Jr. just got placed on the COVID 19 list today. So that he's probably, he's out for the game. Ugh. So that, that, hey does that, the hey, chances. Is, uh, hey, I'm just, on, I'm man. just saying. I mean, there's, there's things that are, that are going <laughs> to impact this game. I think, uh, Sammy Watkins is out for the game for the Chiefs, too. that, that hurts yeah, their offense. But, yeah, he I mean, there's a, it's a, t- I don't think it's going to be a, I mean the spread is seven and a half, so it's not it's minus Chiefs minus seven and a half. But I so I that's very gettable. That's a very you know achievable spread for the Chiefs. So I'm, I'm not going to bet against that. Well, but, Raiders. The
0: one thing with the Raiders and give them some credit again, they've won their last three games, two of them on the road, and that has got to and crappy is, that, too, in crappy conditions too. Yes, that, that was terrible. confidence yeah. into your team when you're beating teams on the road. You're beating teams you should win, and the Raiders are just finding a way. To, to get things done. Six and three, a hell of an accomplishment. I don't think most experts had them there at this point in the season. And, uh, man, it's the water in Vegas. As lousy as I hear it is, uh, you drink it and you win. Um, we'll, we'll, a couple of other NFL games, you know, going on today. They're, 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 actually, there's a you know, whole whole schedule of them going on today. But some games that, that are of interest, um, uh, you know, the Patriots and the Texans, two teams that I won't say the Patriots are a disappointment, but – the Houston Texans definitely are, and um, are they? I, I think when when they traded Hopkins away, well, no, they, I, they, I they, said
1: they they're. I don't know, for what reason I don't know, but I I didn't see where they were going to have production from. I so I I wouldn't say they're disappointment. When I get what pay, you're saying when you pay yeah, your, when quarterback you, when you you your quarterback the money they found your quarterback. Yeah, why yeah, would yeah, yeah. you
0: pay your quarterback that much money and then get rid of one of the top weapons in the National Football He's League? He's a really nice guy. Big yeah. <laughs> B- biggest head scratcher that there ever was. That that to me was just mind blowing. That you're going to pay Deshaun Watson all this money and you're going to let you you're, you're going to let your number one receiver get away. It just it just no, one of the number one sie- receivers in the NFL get away. That that was pretty mind boggling to me. And you know a team that's been on a little bit of a winning streak and they're playing a game on the road that I think they're going to win again. The Miami Dolphins really have been one of the surprise teams as of late in the National Football League. They're playing in Denver. A little bit you know a little bit different always when. You go up into that weather, into the to the um, the higher altitude, but. The, the Miami Dolphins look like a confidence bunch. They're improved on defense, and they look like a real confidence bunch. Listen, we've got to uh, make our picks of the week. Last week, everybody was perfect in studio except for me. Um, Magnum, I believe, had the Cleveland Browns today, so we'll give him that one. If I'm wrong, I'll check it out. But Mags is taking the Browns, so we'll say that first. And the Browns are hosting the Eagles and giving up three points. Uh, we'll go next to the Wiz over there who's looking intensely at his phone, so I'm going to interrupt him and make him, uh, make him give me a pick. What do you got for me, Wiz?
2: I was looking at the line. But no, just speaking of, I'll take the Miami Dolphins. I, I was initially uh, on the rest of podcast I'm on. I was fading against the Dolphins because I didn't think two would be able to kind of keep it going. But obviously can. And we know that the Broncos just aren't a very good team now. They have had big spots like against the Patriots, but they look like a very vulnerable vulnerable team too. So I'll just keep it simple. Okay. The Caleb? I
1: wanted to take the Chargers at minus nine and a half. I wanted to so bad. but. That's too much. I think the Chargers will win the game, but I don't. I don't trust them to win by that much. Um, I'm gonna go with the Bengals. Um, Washington is favored in this game. If, if if I'm if I have the right line here, Washington is favored. I think
0: uh, I'll try point to find that game for you right now and I see if it's, uh, it's uh, a they're... point and a half
1: where I got it. But I don't know if it's moved or where you had it set. But Washington's favorite against the Bengals. Uh, it's at home, but Washington is not good. <laughs> I don't know. I don't.
0: Yeah, Washington is favored by a point and a half at home. So yeah, so I'm going to take the Bengals Okay, now. I like that. Damon, who do you got? I'm going to take the Packers over the Colts. Damon's going with the Packers, and believe it or not, on the road, I'm going to go with the Detroit Lions again. Uh, and I believe, uh, are they favored on the road? They're they they're are. favored by two points against a very hampered Carolina Panthers team. So I'll, I'll give the Lions. Hey, listen, we're out of time. Uh, I want to thank Caleb Herring, of course, the Wiz, DeMond Cotton, and all you out there. I'm Brian Feldman. This is Out of Line. We'll be back. And Listen, have a very safe, happy, blessed Thanksgiving, and be safe out there. Bye-bye.